When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by... No one, please. I beg you, please. Sponsor me. Perfect quality. Oh, thank you, guys. Yeah, great job. Smooth operator. Smooth. <laughs> it's now time to hand the mic over to a man. Now, that man invented the color yellow and said he will pash every girl at Silverstone Race next weekend. That man is Mr. David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. You already know, it's your main squeeze, Kuldi, aka the Kuldabotomus, and I was laying on the riverbank, soaking up some sun, thinking about everything that has been happening in the world of Formula One, ready to bring it to you today. Oh, I'm sorry, wait a sec. Have any of you, please, I beg you, have any of you please seen my Fermi? It's been missing for a few hours now, and if you find it, please Park it on up in there, as it is the Park It In My Fermi Show, the number one comedy F1 podcast, talking all the news, opinions, discussions, results, previews, reviews, love triangles, sprint races, and more. What a dandy of a show we have for you today. It is episode 53, and I know there are a few of you listening, crying, thinking to yourself, this is bullshit. I haven't heard the glorious first 52. Well... Well, 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 my friend. Head over to parkinginmyfermate.com where you can download all previous 52 episodes. Better yet, don't continue to miss out. Click that follow or subscribe button like your life depended on it. 
on your podcast listening device. That way, you can hear my sexy, soothing sounds two times a week. And who the hell doesn't want to do that? Socials? Fuck yeah, we got them. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and parking in my firm, mate. But tonight, we talk Hamilton's contract and what it means for the grid. Start gearing up for some sprint races. Russell worried the car is trash for Silverstone? Of course it's going to be. Detective Cooldy is back to uncover a huge FIA conspiracy and your driver power rankings. It's a big show today. A show so big that I tried to board the elevator with me earlier. This show did. Yeah, yeah. It's that big. And I had to politely look over to the weight capacity for the elevator and tell the show. No, no, no. Not today, mate. Take the stairs. Lay off the snacks. Because it is a pretty big show, if you know what I mean. So grab a bottle of vino, light three candles to center your chakra and your aura, and close your eyes and relax. And then immediately fire up again. Because it's time to start the show. We're on a run. Come on. Tom, do you know what that was? That was the smooth operator. Smooth operation. Carlos, check the radio. We seem to have picked up some dodgy music channel again. Okay, let's break down what happened here. The weekend was so full of penalties, overtakes, conspiracies, and Red Bull dominance with a sprinkle of George Russell nearly scoring a point that we forgot to break down Lewis Hamilton's new contract and what it means for the sport, his team, this season, and beyond. For those that were living under a rock at the start of the year, Lewis Hamilton was the last driver to sign a contract for this season. They say it was because he had the Rona, then Wolf had the Rona, but I think it's not that complicated at all. I think it was Lewis has won seven titles. He wants to come back in 2021 and win title number eight and then gallop off into the sunset and how much fucking cash can he get while doing it? That's what's going through his head right now. That's why it took so long to organize that contract. We're eight races into the 2021 F1 season and Hamilton is behind in the championship. He's behind by a lot. It by no means means that the championship is done and dusted. No, 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 no. And with the F1 calendar dropping by Silverstone next, there is a huge chance for Mercedes to claw back a lot of points on the track they have dominated for years. But with Hamilton behind, there are clearly some alarm bells going off in his camp. When he's strolling, take two. But with Hamilton behind at the moment, there are clearly some alarm bells going off in his camp when him strolling towards his eight world title wasn't a certainty anymore. Mercedes said they were negotiating the contract now so that it doesn't drag on for the season and that there aren't any distractions. Again, bullshit. Mercedes are doing it because they need a good driver to compete with Red Bull and Max. And Hamilton is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Hamilton is doing it for his legacy. He wants more championships than anyone before him. Currently, he is tied with Michael Schumacher with seven. So let's talk about what does this contract mean for the team. I mean, it's a contract that's been set up for two years now. He will be at Mercedes until 2023. Now, it doesn't necessarily say he'll be a driver at Mercedes until 2023, but we can assume that is the case. And don't be surprised that if Hamilton wins next year, or even miraculously, 
able to get the car up this year that he will continue. He may opt out or retire early. Valtteri Bottas is Hamilton's number two driver. Number two because he is shat on more than any other driver in the history of Formula One. He is doing the job Hamilton wants him to do, which is drive fast, but not as fast as him. Don't make waves and let's beat Red Bull together. And it was working so well. And with Hamilton having nightmare flashbacks to Rosberg of 2016, he is happy to stick with the status quo. Hamilton signing the extension was the best thing to have happened to Valtteri Bottas. The last thing Hamilton wants is another driver on the team that can challenge him. And with everyone expecting that driver to be George Russell, Mr. Saturday, the shirtless Instagram wonder, a man who has shown that he can actually drive that Mercedes pretty, pretty good. We remember in Sakia where the team screwed him over. But it makes sense for Hamilton to have the ability to veto a teammate. Even if it isn't in plain black and white on the contract that he has the power, you know what he says would have a huge weight in the decision making. So Toto has also said that he expects Hamilton to continue on with the sport after those two years and then continue to sign one-year contracts. That he could continue to drive for Mercedes after 2023. I think, see if Toto is saying it, they definitely want to make the king happy so he doesn't ride off into the sunset. So he doesn't go start a band or bang some supermodel or, or save a farm animal. Again, this supports Valtteri Bottas. I don't believe hardly anything Mercedes has to say. They lie to us all the time. They, can, they constantly say things and then do the opposite. Always trying to gain the upper hand. Always trying to play the system. Trick the journalists. Trick the competition. But let's look at the other side of it. How long then does George Russell wait? How long is he going to sit in the shadows until his time? He can drive. He's very, very talented and he's gotten the most out of that Williams car and then some. But he knows they aren't competitive. We all know that. We've seen it for years now. So how many times can he continue to sign for them if it's going to just waste his career? If he never gets a drive in a Mercedes car, not next year, not next season, the season after, I, can, I expect to see George Russell try and go somewhere else and find some success. Maybe Alpine, who knows? George Russell right now is that kid in school where he is madly in love with the popular girl. With the blonde hair, the only one that's developed a rack. She dresses provocatively, kind of slutty, but she's dating the jock. She's dating the big man on campus, the guy who looks 10 years older than all the other students. George Russell knows the relationship has run its course and it won't be long until he can have a crack. But how long does he wait? When is she going to break up with him? He then looks over at his current girlfriend. She's chubby. Glasses, braces, pimples. George Russell has had some good times, yes. But he wants the hot blonde. Not the pimpled, round, four-eyed monster he's dating. Now... Will that girl eventually grow into a beautiful swan? We don't know, it's possible. But will it be as possible as, as early as next year? I mean, she might get better looking. She, she might develop into a stunner. But George Russell doesn't want that time to wait and see. He doesn't want to risk it. 
He doesn't want to gamble on his career that Williams will turn it around in time for him to get a driver's championship with them. Apparently, this is all coming to a head as well, so that by the time that the summer break is here, we will have an answer as to where is Bottas and where is Russell for 2022. It wouldn't surprise me if all of this is decided this weekend at Silverstone in front of a home crowd. So if Hamilton didn't sign that extension, I would have bet my left testicle that Bottas was 110% out the door. He still probably is, but it's closer to 99% out the door. And if there is a 1% chance that I lose my testicle, I'm not gambling. And now, the news. News, 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 news. Cody, Formula One news. Pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news. It's the pimp news, pimp news. Didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news, pimp news, pimp news coming through your ears right now. Pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. It is Pimp News. I just did my same intro I do for the start of it. Ooh. Hey, let's keep it in there. Whistleman, do your thing. Now, we're going to start talking about sprint races and Hamilton and Gasly. They've got some thoughts on it. Now, this is what Hamilton has to say. And I've looked at the layout for Silverstone with the DRS zones, with it only being, what, 30 laps, whatever it is. 17 laps, it's not It's not much. And this is what Hamilton had to say. It's going to be a train, probably. Hopefully there'll be some overtaking, but it most likely won't be too exciting. I don't really have an opinion about it, Hamilton said. We'll wait and see. There's no point judging it before we've even gotten into it. It doesn't matter. Way to sit on the fence, Hamilton. Yeah, Gasly then had something to say. I think it's fair to wait until all three sprint race weekends. And if there are any positives from it and the people like it, then why not keep it in the future? But I think we have to review after all three weekends. What does it bring? Does it really make it more exciting? Because I think that's the whole point of it. If it does, then why not? But if it doesn't, then it's important to keep the format that we have, which I think is good. I enjoy the qualifying on Saturday and having only one single race during the weekend. Now, that doesn't surprise me at all. I honestly believe that if all the drivers had the option, they would just not do the sprint races. Okay? They don't want the more chances to put their you know, health at risk by crashing into each other, damaging the car. Teams certainly don't want that. Cost caps everywhere as well. But it's not about what makes the world go round, unfortunately, is money, which is sponsors. Sponsors are only going to be there if the crowds and the interest is there. The casual viewers are what we're trying to win over here. Not the diehards. The diehards love looking at the Delta sector times. They love looking at the tire pressures. They love that. But the casuals are what they're trying to win over right now with this. What do you think? Do you think... We haven't even had one yet. But do you think that sprint races should be part of the Formula 1 calendar? I don't know. I I think they should. more racing, the better. I, I love a race. That's why, you know, I mean... Do they need to replace the Australian Grand Prix? 23 race season, down to 22. I want them to, but they don't need to. I'm not going to be that upset if they don't. I want those races. Moving on. George Russell's not positive for Williams with qualifying. Silverstone's going to be an even bigger crowd than Austria, and I'm sure 
They're going to be buzzing for it. That's what George Russell had to say. Probably after England have won the Euros as well, so they're going to be happy about that. Well, we'll see about that. Obviously, there's the sprint quality as well. I'm not too sure that will play into our favour because obviously we're normally a bit better in qualifying performance than we are in the race, but we've got to give it a chance and maybe it goes the other way. It's new for everybody and that also gives an opportunity to us. I feel so at one with the car and the team at the moment and we're really getting everything out of the package, which I think is so important, George Russell said. Especially on a Saturday, the pressure is on. If you make one small mistake, you're penalised and it shows. Obviously, in the course of the race, everybody gets into a rhythm and the true pace comes out. We're all doing a really good job and it's so close. P12 in France, P8 last week before we retired P11 today. That's what he said, obviously, last Sunday. All of which every single top team and a car finished. And that's a very important point, that last one there. So he got those positions and it wasn't from silly retirements ahead of him. You know, he retired in P8. But I have to agree. You know, Silverstone is stupidly windy for whatever reason. Um, and it's going to be similar to how he went in Portimao and Circuit to Barcelona, Catalunya. He will struggle. That Williams will does not do well in windy conditions. He'll probably qualify. I think he'll still qualify half decent. But if he's in your fantasy team, give him the flick. He will not be scoring the points. I am not predicting that for next weekend. George Russell. I'll, here's an early prediction. George Russell, P15. There you go. Moving on, last one, and it is with sad, sad news that former Formula One driver and Argentine politician Carlos Rutaman, who competed for more than a decade at the top of the world motorsport, died on Wednesday, age 79. Rutaman had undergone surgery in New York for a hepatic tumor in 2017 and struggled to regain full health. In a career marked with brilliance behind the wheel and stubborn single-mindedness, but also a lack of consistency, Rudiman was considered the greatest Argentine driver after five-time world champion Juan Manuel Fangio, whose heyday was in the 1950s. The son of a cattle rancher from Santa Fe province, Rudiman finished runner-up in the Formula One championship to Brazilian Nelson Piquet in 81, after coming third in 75, 78 and 1980. So here at the Parkley My Show, we salute you, Carlos Rudiman. That is going to do it for your news. Thank you, guys. What do you think? Do you think that was a smooth operator? <laughs> smooth operator. Operator. I think that was the smoothest operation of my life. <laughs> yeah, man, you sent them. In the Formula One paddock, one man goes above and beyond to find out what really went down. Who was at fault? And will Haas ever be good? That man is going in deep. These are his stories. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sorry, sorry. Talking over the dun-duns. There's another one for you. All right, it's conspiracy time. And we have something we need to look at. Something that happened in Austria. The claim is that the FIA are out to get George Russell. And never want him to score a point ever again. I know. I know. I'm terrified too. As you're aware, on the last lap of the race, lap 71, Kimi Raikkonen, that's Kimi, 
Raikkonen. Had a complete brain fart and decided I'm going to take out Sebastian Vettel. And that he did. Double yellow flags, huge crash. Oh, but it was the last lap, so there was no safety car time. Everyone was just crawling over the line. And Nicholas Latifi and Nikita Mazepin got 30 second penalties for not driving cautiously or adhering to the double yellows. Oh, oh my. But hold on a second. Hold, there were a whole bunch of other cars that were investigated for the same thing. And this is where the conspiracy comes in. Those other cars, Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz. <laughs> I went to press the button and it didn't work. Charles Leclerc, racing car Jesus Antonio Giovinazzi. Danny Rick and Pierre Gasly. Now, they were investigated for not respecting double-waved yellows for the Raikkonen and Vettel crash. But were they given 30-second penalties? If any of them received 30-second penalties, then all of a sudden they're dropping back. Then all of a sudden George Russell might be up in the points. Well, it's pretty black and white if you're not under a delta time when respecting double-waved yellows, when going too fast. Why is Nikita Mazepin and Nicholas Latifi, who, by the way, are in the slowest cars, penalised for going the fastest, given a 30-second penalty, when these other drivers who are up in the points and actually matters just investigated, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no penalty for them. And therefore, George Russell sits P11 and misses out on the points. I've got to say it straight away. FIA, you can't be serious because the FIA right now have proven that they do not want George Russell to ever score a point in that Williams. And if he buggers off to Mercedes soon, he may never will. Detective Cordy, case closed. But now, it's time for your stat of the week. I'm a stat man! Formula One stat man. Cordy's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stat time. Yeah. Oh, so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. I am a stat man. Now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, my stat of the week, Silverstone race next weekend will be the first time we race at Silverstone this year. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really think of any stats. I'm really sorry. He's a stat man. Oh, that was a good stat. No, it yeah, was not. Such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for some power rankings. We're doing some driver's power rankings now. We are eight races in. We're over a third of the way. That's me rubbing my hands together. I understand this is an audio medium and 
that is pointless. You cannot see what I'm doing. But we're going to be ranking the drivers. Now, this is on the drivers themselves and how they're driving, not so much on the car. We can't really blame the drivers for being given a shit car. Um, and we can't praise drivers that are given a really, really good car. So here we go. Driver power rankings at number 20, dead last, Nikita Mazaspin or Hazaspin or Groups of 10. He's dead last. He's just always finishing like 30 or 40 seconds behind his teammate. You know, they're like neck and neck, but then like the last 10 laps or whatever, he just falls behind and falls behind and falls behind. You know, if that's driver fatigue, I don't, I don't know what it is. He's just cannot get close to it. He's always on the always on the radio blaming the blue flags. But all the other drivers that are getting lapped have to face blue flags as well. You know, a good solution to that is drive a little quicker and don't be such a bitch. Number 19, Nicholas Latifi. I actually don't mind Nicholas Latifi, but we got to start calling him out. Because when George Russell is doing George Russell things in that exact same car, you know, it's about time you need to start getting your butt into gear, mate. Like, it, it's not looking good. We were always like, oh, yeah, he's just in the Williams. Oh, yeah, they're always at the back of the grid. But he's, I mean, he's competing with Haas's now. You know, he's not pushing the Romeo, Romeos. Jesus, Alfa Romeos. Oh, my fucking God, I've lost the plot. Or the Alpha Tauris or, or, you know, any of those. Aston Martins, he's not doing any of that. He's just hanging back there with the Haas's. And again, when Russell's doing Russell things, you need to be able to improve on your game as well. Number 18, Mick Schumacher. Ever heard of him? The Shoemaker. He's actually, I'm pretty impressed with him. I'm still going to have him down on the list. Probably doesn't deserve to be this low, but he's really good. He's actually getting some consistency, getting some form. Um, I just wish I had someone talking to me the way that his race engineer talks to him because that is such, such encouragement, such support. I love it. Um, I, I expect to see him climb over the year i don't think he'll get you know any points or anything obviously but i expect him to climb this power ranking because he's actually i like what he's doing right now he's looking really really good um number 17 yuki sonoda now I've, I've been so high on the kid early on but now lately the last you know month or so he's just he's going back he's a rookie we've got to remember that he's a rookie in a half decent car um but he needs to be you know, if we've got Gasly always qualifying P6 because that's his favorite number, Sonoda needs to be like P7 or P8. He needs to be right next to it. Number 16 is Kimi Raikkonen. Now, Kimi is, he's doing okay. He's doing okay, but I mean, he's had that brain fart on the weekend. He's crashed into Giovinazzi in an earlier race as well. Is the guy just getting a bit too old for the sport? Or for his hobby, I, I mind you. Like, it's not even a sport to him, it's a hobby. And he's taking away a seat from another driver at this stage. Get Callum, Callum Elliott in there. Get him that experience in a Formula 1 car. Um, and Kimi, enjoy enjoy some nice sunshine. Go on retirement. Hang out with your gorgeous wife. Just have some fun. Get out of the car. Number 15, Lance Stroll. Now, I mean, I put him 15 because I haven't really heard much from the last few races. Like Austria, they didn't really do much. They're not... You know, I mean, Vettel got himself a podium back in uh, Baku. Uh, but Stroll, yeah, you're not doing anything. But I don't think you're doing anything horrible. So you're all the way down there in P15 on the driver power rankings. Moving on, Esteban Ocon. 
ever since he signed that contract extension and I put him in my fantasy team, he's just shat the bed. He's going backwards right now. Um, so, and when Alonso is doing what he's doing, and he, honestly, if Vettel didn't impede in that qualifying in Austria, I'm, I think uh, Alonso would have been P5, P4, P5. He was quick. I've got high hopes for Alonso in Silverstone now, but Ocon, though, he's really struggling. 13 here is Antonio Giovinazzi, racing car Jesus. Again, quiet achiever. Um, it's sort of sitting middle of the pack. You, you gotta just, you gotta just love what he's doing. That's the thing about these um, Alfa Romeos is they just go about their business. They just do what they do best. Um, they don't qualify too well, but when they're racing, they're just quiet. It's just going through the pace. They don't cause any. They don't rock the boat. They don't get any TV time. Um, that's why he's 13, 12. Sebastian Vettel. Look, he's he's doing some decent stuff. He's doing what he's been brought in to do for him, which is to teach Lance Stroll how to drive, to get some airtime, TV time for that car, and just to bring the most out of it. And he's been doing that. He's he's podiumed in an Aston Martin this year. Number eleven, George Russell. Eleven. I think it's eleven. George Russell. I like what he's doing. I think he's not higher. The only reason he's not higher on this is he started out well, all right? And Sakir, uh, Imola, he had the crash in the bodice. Then all of a sudden, Portimao, Spanish GP, he's behind again. But then he started to turn it around. Austria, he had to retire when he was in P8. France, he had a great race. Now back in the Austrian GP, you can sit right there, P11, just outside the points. I didn't even do that intentionally, but that's quite funny. Uh, P10, Daddy Rick. Now, look. We, he's a victim of his own success, really. We expect so much from him. He's won a bunch of races, nine, I think. Nine or ten races he's won. All of them with Red Bull. Went to Renault. Still got a couple of podiums in Renault. Now he's over here at McLaren, and we're expecting him to be right up there every time. All right, the car's completely different. We've got to give him some leeway, but still, when Norris is doing what he's doing, you've got to really improve as well. All right, but um, I've got high hopes for you, Silverstone. Uh, you should do all right. I think the McLarens will be quite quick in Silverstone. Um, hopefully, you can just, you know, you need that. You need to be that P5. You need to be where Norris has been getting. Um, number nine, Fernando Alonso. He's been all up and down this power ranking squid, and now I like him sitting in at number nine here. He's doing great things. He showed so much pace in that Alpine in qualifying. Excellent work there, Alonso. Number eight, Carlos Sainz, the smooth operator. Carlos Sainz, looking good in that Ferrari. I still think he, he's settled very nicely in that one. Um, I would say probably Perez is the best of the drivers that have changed seats over the summer. Um, but Carlos is right up there as well. He's getting a lot out of that Ferrari. He's doing very, very well. Um, next one here, number seven, Valtteri Bottas. Now, now Valtteri, I've got to still put you there, number seven. A lot of people are going to want to hate on you, going to want to shit on you, but you got to, you, you just missed out on a podium in France. You got a podium last weekend as well. You're doing all right. Like, you're just quietly going about it. Everyone's, you know, 
always giving you the sh always hating on you because you're in the same car as Lewis and you're not doing what Lewis does you know I play basketball I'm not doing what Michael Jordan does we've been given the same equipment so I, I think you're doing you're doing a fine job not as bad not as good as some but fine Number six on the driver's power rankings, Pierre Gasly, because it's P6, baby. He's been doing great. His qualifying is really, really strong. His race, not so much. I mean, Raikkonen did, uh, not Raikkonen, Charles Leclerc did take him out two weekends ago. And then uh, last weekend, he was a bit sort of flat with it, you know? Um, but I like what he's doing overall. I think he's one of these great young, talented drivers it's just going to be in the sport for the next, you know, 10 years easily. And he'll be causing some headaches. He'll be challenging for a world title as soon as he gets out of that team. That's the other thing we've got to say about Pierre Gasly is he's Alpha Tauri. He's Red Bull. He's had a chance in a Red Bull car. Like, what happens now? He's got to do a lateral. He's got to go to a Ferrari where they've got two young drivers already. Okay, he's got to go to McLaren where they've got long-term drivers already. So he's sort of stuck in that no man's land, he's got to wait till Perez retires, basically, to have another tr another crack at it. Number five, Charles Leclerc. Guy, he's been doing well. I love what he's doing. He's the future, uh, definitely at Ferrari. Sign him up for ten years. See if you can. He he will bring you guys out of it. Next year, obviously, whole new ball game, but he will be the reason Ferrari are good again. Number four, Sergio Perez. Checo. He's he's. Hey. He's won a race. He's getting podiums. He's doing the number two driver job, which is to make his teammate look good, to get himself up there so they can split strategies, to put that pressure on Mercedes, the rival. He's doing fantastic and not enough praise given to Sergio Perez. Number three, Sir Lewis Hamilton. Look, everyone's, everyone's harping on about how, you know, the cars, uh, he's slowing down. Hamilton's done and dusted. He's not. Hamilton's, Hamilton's crushing it. The car's not the pace it should be. Um, but he, Hamilton's still getting the most out of it. You see the comparisons between him and Bottas for the year? You know, the time differences? The qualifying um, head-to-heads? Hamilton's got it. Hamilton's dominating. Right, he's looking very, very good in a car that's just underperforming at the moment. So that's why he's still up there. Number two, Lando Norris. Lando Norris, I know a lot of people are going to say, Norris number two, put him number one, he's the best. No, we're getting ahead of ourselves. He's only number two because the driver that's number one is just better. All right, we can't, you know, Norris is fantastic and I think Norris is a future world champion. Yeah, I said it. And I think McLaren will, will get that world title. But again, it all comes down to what's going to happen next year when the season, when the rules change. But Norris is, is the future of the sport. We've got that, such a good young core coming through with the Norris, Verstappen, uh, Gasly, Leclerc. You know, like we've got so many. Russell, of course, coming through. Even Ocon, Esteban Ocon, I think, is, is and Sonoda, Schumacher. Like we've got some talented young drivers. Um, but Norris is going to be one of the ones leading the way, I think. And number one, Max Verstappen. You can't fault him. And what sucks is... He didn't get driver of the day and he should have got driver of the day last race. It's because you don't see him. He's not on TV because his car is so far ahead. It's like we're having these awesome battles, but they're battles for second because he's already a lap ahead of everyone else. 
he's he's you know a victim of his own success like i said earlier like he's not going to get those driver of the day awards because he's that damn good he's already that far ahead he's going to cruise to a championship this year hopefully uh for him i would love to see him get one and yeah it, it's really setting himself up for this career here with red bull and again comes down to what's going to happen next year but that's why he's clearly the number one driver on the power rankings what do you guys think head over to the socials at park it in my firm facebook twitter instagram let me know let me know slide into those dms i'll be there arms wide open ready to catch you so you don't hurt yourself but that was your driver power rankings let's go through the list one more time mazapin latifi schumacher sonoda Raikkonen, and stroll ocon jova nazi vettel russell Ricardo, Alonso, Carlos Sainz, uh, Valtteri Bottas, Pierre Gasly, Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez, and your top three, Lewis Hamilton, Lando Norris, and number one, Max Verstappen. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that is end of episode number 53. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. Make sure you subscribe and follow on your social uh, on the podcast listening app and uh, I said socials because you need to head to the socials app parking in my firm Facebook, Twitter, Instagram give us a like give us a follow um, yeah just hang out with your boy like we're just hanging out just hanging out talking some F1s and then we're going to start gearing ourselves up for Silverstone this week I will be back on Tuesday uh, to talk or start getting the race predictions go and cover any news that has happened and then on Friday of course we gotta, we got to break down everything that's going to happen session by session. So make sure you don't miss out on those. Marketingmyfirmate.com if you have missed out. And make sure you're downloading and subscribing to the show as well. But of course, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.